we describe in the um, in the after of Shmini Atzeres says uh, that this, the the after describes how the Jewish people uh, came to Yerushalayim to spend Yontav with Shloim Melech uh, after the dedication of the Beis Hamikdash. It says, by Ashmini on the eighth day, Shilach Esa'om. Shleim HaMelech, they finished the celebration of seven days, and on the eighth day, he sent them off to go home. And it was a very joyous time, and, and the Besamikdash was new, and, and it was a very good time for Jews, Bechlal in Eretz Yisrael at the time. <clears throat> As we know that in the time of David HaMelech, there were wars, there was uh, epidemics, there was a famine at one point for three years. There was a lot of strife in the time of David. But the, uh, the time of the kingship of Shleim Melech is marked with, incre- with incredible, uh, like a utopious area, era. An era where there was no poverty, there was no hunger, no illness. Jews literally lived in peace with their neighbors. Everybody owned a beautiful home. People had vineyards and people had orchards and fields. It was just begashmias, an extremely uh, <coughs> wealthy and abundant era for the Jewish people. Also beruchnias, Jews basked in a time of divine revelation in the Beis Amikdash. So therefore it's extremely surprising that the Lushan of the Pasuk in the beginning of the Haftari is Hashlema Melech sent them back home to their respective homes all over Eretz Yisrael after celebrating with Shleim HaMelech for seven days. And it says, They went to their tents. Surely everybody had beautiful homes. Why does it say they went to their tents? And we all know the difference between a tent and a home. A tent is a temporary place, and a home is a comfortable place. <clears throat> in the time where there was so much wealth, so much prosperity for all Jews, literally, there was, it seems like there was no poverty, there was no famine, there was so much plenty. Why would the Pesach say they went back to their tents? The previous Rebbe Nesicha of Simchas Torah explains uh, that he gives us a famous story with the Magid, the Magid was, before he became famous, he was still a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov. He lived in Mezrich. And um, at that time, he was very, very poor. And uh, he was not respected by anybody. People didn't know how great he was. He was a Malamed, a teacher. And he taught children in his home for free. He wouldn't charge anything. He only subsisted on the few you know, jobs that his wife had that she did to, to sustain the family. But there was literally very little in the, ha- in the house. I mean, the chairs were like, uh, like logs of wood, served as benches, and the table was just a few boards on top of rocks. It was a level of poverty that is rarely seen today. And the famous story that the Baal Tov, who had not only great Talmidim, who were Ga'inim and Tzadikim, Balaruch HaKedosh, the Friedrich Rebbe goes into a long list of 
the types of Talmidim the Baal Shem Tov had, some of them had Gilo Eli but he also had extremely simple, ordinary Chassidim that he loved dearly. And these Chassidim, the Friedrich Rebbe describes, became so passionate in their iskashas of the Baal Shem Tov, and they all knew what the Baal Shem Tov taught, Boya how connecting a Jew should attach himself to the words, the very simple words of Torah and Tefillah have a Kedusha to them. So even, he said, even if a Jew doesn't understand what he's saying, but just to attach yourself to the words themselves has a great impact on the Neshama. And these simple Hasidim that were so close to the Baal Shem Tov, they took that to heart. Many of them knew the whole Chumash by heart, whole Tehillim, and wherever they went, they went to work, they were in the middle of work, they, were in work, they used to say words of Tehillim and Chumash all the time because they wanted to be... And the Fidik Rebbe describes that how this had a huge impact on these simple Jews. He said, not only do you see a change in their face, their, face were refined, their faces were refined, but he says this uh, commitment and devotion to Oisius that these Jews had and a love for saying words of Torah all the time, non-stop, even when they were preoccupied with the most mundane uh, occupations. Changed them completely. So some of them even developed an incredible, refined level of understanding, some deep ideas in Chassidus. And the Friedrich Rebbe gives an example that um, the Mittler Rebbe once told the Alter Rebbe with great surprise that a very simple Jew who barely knew what words of the davening means understood the Psalm that he said to the Talmidim of his, the Mittler Rebbe said to his younger Talmidim, as we know, the Mittler Rebbe was mentoring young Chassidim. And this simple Chassid understood it better than anyone. The Alter Rebbe says, yeah, these these simple Jews don't even know what they're reading. They, they have like this deep essential bond with Torah that even the great maskilim, the great intellectuals don't have. And they can sometimes develop a deep, like refined, an extremely abstract appreciation for some very subtle ideas of Chassidus. Anyways, this is a description of the Pasha Tehidin that were very, very attached to the Baal Shem Tov, and the Baal Shem Tov loved them with every fiber of his being, in some ways even more than the great Talmidim. And he describes how the Baal Shem Tov once sent one of these very ordinary Chassidim, but one of these very ardent followers of the Baal Shem Tov who constantly was engaged in saying words of Torah and Tehillim by heart, wherever he walked, as the Friedrich Rebbe says, you know, you don't know what goes on in somebody else's heart, but the rocks that you walk on, they do know what goes on in your heart. In other words, the impact that you give, that you make on the, on the physical environment, is very palpable, and the rocks feel the difference. Whether you're an empty person that's walking on those rocks, or whether you are a person filled with Kedusha, the Oasis Atayr, and these simple Jews had that Kedusha. They didn't understand much, but the words of Torah were so attached to their consciousness that they constantly couldn't stop themselves from saying these words. So one of those chassidim was sent by the Balshantov, where he lived near Mezrich, and he said to him, when you go to Mezrich, you should give a, a, a regards to one of my most precious and cherished Talmidim, the Goan, the Tzadik, the Kaddish, he said great titles about him. 
very holy man, Reb Dov Ber of Mezrich. So this Simchos thought that the Balshem, that the Magid must be this great famous rabbi. When he came to Mezrich, as is known in the story, he realized that nobody knew who he was even. I mean, he was an unknown entity. Finally, he found out who he was. He saw an old dilapidated house in the section of the town where only the poor people lived, and every house there was worse than the next. And, and the, the, the houses looked like they were about to collapse. When he walked into the house of the Mizritcha Magid, he saw that he was in the middle of learning with Talmidim. The Mizritcha Magid told him to come back later. But he was stunned by the extreme poverty of the environment in the home. How the Talmidim was sitting on boards of wood, plain boards. The Magid was sitting on a big log, and the table was made out of boards. He just was very surprising to me. He's never seen anything like this that a Jew can be happy in living his life with such utter, simple poverty that, and, and it doesn't bother him. I mean, he wasn't a Megushim, he wasn't into materialism, this Jew. He was a simple Jew who understood the importance of spirituality, but to such a degree, such an extreme level of living on such a below poverty level, on such an extreme, in such an extreme way, was totally beyond anything he had seen. So when he came back later, he asked the Magid, you know, my home, I'm not a rich man, and I don't have any luxuries, but I have a chair in my house, I have a simple table. How can you live like this? In my home, he says, I have, I have chairs and tables. Says the Magid, at home, it's different. When you're at home, it's different. I'm not at home here. The famous story, and and Freyvis uh, Rebbe says that even a simple Jew like this Chassid of the Balshamta understood what the Magid was telling him. He says the Friedrich Rebbe, this is what the Pasek and the Haftar is saying, that the Jews that came to the Beis Amigdash, the first Beis Amigdash was a time of Gilead Akus, divine revelation. They celebrated Sukkot, and they were close to the Beis Amigdash, their Pashit experienced a close connection, an intimate bond with, with, with the Lakus, with godliness. When they left the base of Migdash to go back to their individual homes and their personal lives, the, the material resources that they owned became so unimportant to them. It felt so secondary and transient. That's why the text says they went back to their tents. A tent is something that you put pitch at your tent and then you fold it. Um, it's not something permanent. Suddenly, Gashmi is the material world became something of secondary and transient importance. Whereas they, they were so filled with appreciation of the true meaning of life and the beauty of being close to Hashem that that became their permanent home. <clears throat> it's the same thing with The closest we feel to Hashem during that time, and let me just add that if you celebrated by the Rebbe, it mamish felt exactly that way. After Yontav, you felt like, how am I going to go back to all these material ups and downs of life, the worries, the concerns, they're so unimportant. Who needs it? Right? You realize suddenly that there is this truth that is so valuable, and so eternal, so real, and everything else compared to that is just so unimportant, and so transient. And secondary, so that you know it felt gashmis became like a tent, like a secondary place.